All right, welcome back to One True Podcast, uh, talking Baylor and Big 12 college football, uh, as we do each week. Alongside me, as always, is my good friend, John Werner. Johnny, how you doing? Great, Bryce, and we're happy to have Gary Don Williams with us. <laughs> yes, I love that it actually pops up on his <laughs> Zoom feed as Gary Don. Uh, we did not know this until uh, one of our local TV guys started referring to you as Gary Don, but uh, Don uh, Williams has been at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal since 1988, has covered Texas Tech a long time. Don, thanks for hopping on with us, man. Well, it's always uh, fun to visit with you two guys, and uh, I I appreciate the uh, opportunity and the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, it is Baylor versus Texas Tech in Lubbock this week. Uh, I believe the kids call it Butt Week, BU versus TT. (laughs) Sorry for the... uh, Uh, not safe for work thing. I don't know. Uh, But there are a lot of really intriguing subplots to this matchup in my mind. Um, It historically is one of the most competitive series in the Big 12. How could it really be much more competitive? They've played 80 times. Baylor's 140. Tech's 139. They've tied once. Um. Both teams this year have identical records as they try to push toward bowl eligibility. Both are four and three overall, two and two in the Big 12. And then, of course, this is a storyline that will get much play. It's Joey McGuire going up against his old team, the place that he coached at Baylor and his old boss and Dave Aranda. So with that in mind, are you guys expecting a down-to-the-wire kind of game, and and who do you think wins it? Don, I'll start with you. Um, I think uh, down-to-the-wire game, uh, I, I would say there's probably a good chance of that, yeah. Um, I could actually see this, uh, not to sound like a homer here, I could actually see this, though, uh, Texas Tech uh, you know, winning this game and maybe pulling away. Mm-hmm. I do think the two teams are pretty evenly matched, but you have that factor of it's a, it's a night game in Jones Stadium, which uh, because of television uh, control and kickoff start times, you don't have a whole lot of those anymore. Um, so people uh, are always fired up anytime they have a, a big game, good opponent, likely close game coming to Jones Stadium to play on Saturday night. On top of that, you add that Patrick Mahomes is going to be back here on Saturday, they are inducting him into uh, the Texas Tech Athletics Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and they also are inducting him into the more exclusive Texas Tech Football Ring of Honor yes. and unveiling his name on the stadium. Um, there are fewer than 10 uh, former Texas Tech football players in the Ring of Honor, which they just started it uh, in the past decade. It was kind of Kirby Hocutt's idea after he got here. Um, so you consider ri- a game against a rival, evenly matched teams, Saturday night in Jones Stadium, Patrick Mahomes back in town. Um, there's a whole lot of elements that the fans are really going to be into this one. Mm-hmm. And so if Keck does some good stuff early and if Baylor commits a fumble, you know, fumbles, throws a couple of interceptions, 
that sort of thing. I can see it kind of steamrolling in, in, in text direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say, it, it, you know, I would probably pick Baylor if this game were in Waco. I think that's how close the teams are. But with all the elements mm-hmm. that really are going to have the fans here juiced on Saturday night, I, I think uh, I'm picking Tech in this one. Yeah, Johnny, what do you say? Yeah, I like all those factors Don mentioned. I mean, it seems like just everything's kind of going against Baylor on the road with Patrick Mahomes coming, night game, Joey McGuire. I mean, that's a lot of uh, – Intangible. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of elements stacked against you. I mean, the only thing worse would be if uh, Patrick Mahomes actually played for the Red Raiders <laughs> on Saturday night. Yeah, they uh, – yeah, Go ahead, Don. Uh, well, I, I was going to say one one other factor that shows how into this game tech tech people are, and the Patrick Mahomes effect. Uh, this game was announced as a sellout uh, on October the sixth, mm-hmm. uh, twenty three days in advance. That, that just doesn't happen here. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're very uh, when a Texas Tech game sells out, it's usually two or three days in advance. It's not three weeks in advance. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, Baylor's been in some really good road environments this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. BYU was packed. Fans were excited. Iowa State's always really good. E- even West Virginia on a Thursday night was a hard environment. And, of course, Baylor's gone one and two in those games. But I think this is going to be the toughest of all, just with everything stacked against them. Yeah, and Baylor's not exactly clicking along like they certainly were last year. It's a di- much different team um so for all the talk about the parody in the big 12 this year uh, and we've talked a lot about it here on one true podcast uh tcu is sitting there atop the league with a perfect uh record you know perfect on the season perfect in the big 12 obviously um so my son who's a big football fan um he's a senior in high school posed me the question the other day and I kind of dismissed it without even really looking ahead at TCU's schedule. But he, he said, what do you think Dad? can TCU go undefeated? And I was like, no, you know, obviously not, you know, uh, nobody goes undefeated in the big 12, not, you know, even the really good Oklahoma teams. Uh, so I'm asking it to you, you know, what do you guys think? Can TCU run the table? They've been kind of the story other than maybe Kansas, of the Big 12? You know, Bryce, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm looking at their schedule here, and it's really a fairly favorable schedule. I mean, uh, they got road games at West Virginia and Texas, and uh, their home games are against – oh, and Baylor, and their home games are uh, against Tech and Iowa State. So I'm going to say it's not impossible, though I think it's probably unlikely. I mean, they've pulled out some close games this year. Uh, Offense has been great. Their defense has made some pretty big plays when they needed them. I'm going to say unlikely, but not completely out of the question. Don? Uh, I'm going to agree with both of you guys. Um, If you look at uh, TCU versus any of those opponents individually as – can TCU win? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, heck, it, with the the teams that John named off there, uh, TCU might be favored in all of those remaining games, except mm-hmm. for 
I don't know, maybe Texas, they play Texas and Austin. Yeah. Maybe that one. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're capable. Do I expect them to? No. Um, kind of like Bryce said, nobody uh, nobody goes undefeated in this conference. I think TCU's good. I think, uh, you know, obviously, offensive skill position personnel, you know, with Quentin Johnston mm-hmm. and with uh, Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller just destroyed Tech out here in Lubbock last year, by the way. And I've always been a big uh, – believer in Max Duggan. Mm-hmm. He's made some back-breaking, back-breaking plays against the Red Raiders also. I've, I've always uh, liked him as a quarterback just because he's so such a dangerous runner. Um, I don't think that they're as good defensively as uh, a lot of these uh, TCU teams have been or were under Gary Patterson. I think that's ultimately kind of their – will be their Waterloo or their undoing when they ever do lose – a game or two, uh, but uh, are they are they capable of winning winning them all? Yeah, but um, I don't I don't think there's any team in the Big Twelve this year, TCU or Oklahoma State. You guys know this. Who are as good as the best? Who have the same level of talent as the best? Bob Stoops or Lincoln mm-hmm. Riley teams. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So uh, I think they'll lose at some point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do think the the intriguing factor of TCU going to Austin and facing Gary Patterson, you know, who's on that mm. staff there at Texas. Uh, that probably will give the Longhorns maybe a little bit of insight into the Frogs and a uh, little extra element to that, much like um, the Baylor Tech uh, deal. Let's circle back to that because I kind of threw a you know, a curveball there by going a little bit out of order. But uh, so both of you guys have – gotten to know Joey McGuire a little bit. Um, John, you know, he was here uh, for several years at Baylor. And now, obviously, you know, Don's covering him out in Lubbock. Um, To me, it feels like the perfect marriage, right? Uh, You have this Texas-bred guy who has all kinds of connections in Texas high school football. He won. Uh, at a really high level there. Um, And he was really eager to be a college coach in this state. He was up for the Baylor job when Dave Aranda got it. So what do you guys think? Is it a home run hire for the Red Raiders? Well, it's it's been a really good uh, hire for the Red Raiders so far, Bryce, Um, on on a whole bunch of levels. One, I think, uh, and I'll try to go through these quickly, but he uh, he almost immediately upgraded the recruiting. He started, uh, I mean, he had 20 commitments back in, I want to say April. Mm-hmm. I remember at the time that he got his 20th, I looked on, you know, the rivals 24-7 recruiting lists, and uh, there's no other team in the FBS in the country that had more than 11. I mean, he literally had twice as many commitments in uh, April. Uh, had a class nearly full, nearly full in April, uh, twice as many commitments as, as anybody. Now, and, and so they're ranked you know, number one, number two at the time based on quantity. Now, uh, I think they're in, you know, still top 20, top 25. But I think the biggest failing, biggest shortcoming for Tech over the last decade has been simply the talent level hasn't been there. And they had to upgrade the, the talent and recruit better. And it, it appears that Joey is going to do that with this pretty – uh, magnetic magnetic personality coupled with his energy, coupled with, as you said, all the high school connections, not only 
that Joey had, but with all the guys on the staff who, are, who have coached in Texas high schools before, kind of lays the groundwork for them to recruit better. Um, uh, you know, I mean, Baylor, I mean, you look at, uh, I think Tech is hoping to do what, what Baylor's done last few years. I mean, the Bears were the, uh, as, as I've said, told somebody, they were like the NFL Combine All-Stars this <laughs> past year. Yeah. And that's what Tech kind of wants to get to is recruiting a, a lot of speed and fast guys and then letting, then kind of figure, figuring it out. He's also just uh, been really well-connected with Texas Tech fans. Um, he had a lot of familiarity with Tech because his best friend in high school played here. And Joey went to UT Arlington, as you guys know, which didn't have a football team at the time. Mm. And so uh, he uh, several times uh, when he was, you know, 18 to 22 years old, he was driving out here to Lubbock to watch Tech games because his uh, best best buddy, a tight end named Roger Corn from Crowley, was on the team. And he said, you know, I asked him, I said, how many games, you know, how many games are we talking about? And he'd say, uh, he said, no, nah, three or four a year. Probably so. He's so he was very familiar with uh, Lubbock and Texas Tech and Jones Stadium atmosphere and all those things. And you know, then he comes in and uh, you know the very first thing he does, literally the very first thing he does when he introduces him at his press conference is, uh, and this seemed kind of hokey and silly at the time, but he led the people in the Raider Power chant. You know, <laughs> was pretty ubiquitous here at, at Tech, whether it's a football game, basketball game, baseball game when things are going well or when they need to get going, you know, one side of the crowd will yell Raider and the other side will yell power. And Joey leads these people in Raider power. The very first, you know, <laughs> the very first rattle out of the box. That's the first thing he does. And that, that kind of ingratiate, that kind of gets you on the off to a good start. And he's never really uh, stumbled since then in terms of just uh, an overwhelming amount of support and goodwill. People are really, love this guy yeah, have really loved this guy for from the jump and um and then you know the team uh they're four and three right now which doesn't sound great but uh, and i wrote this this week i think the best thing about these first seven games is there hasn't been a single game and there hasn't been a long stretch in any games where people are really turned off and grumbling and they're just like what the heck am i watching um which there's been a lot of that over the last decade here. Mm-hmm. But this team, uh, even in the losses, has been competitive and has been competitive pretty much series to series. Um, just not many, really hardly any stretches of bad football. And uh, that's what people here have been uh, really eager eager to see. So he hasn't uh, really made a misstep yet. Yeah. John, what, what do you say? Yeah, I can see how Joey would fire up a fan base. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you kind of get fired up just interviewing him. He's so, you know, optimistic and outgoing. Uh, boy, players just love him. I mean, uh, I, I interviewed Matt Jones this week for a feature. He's from Odessa Permian, and uh, he called Joey. Uh, he's like a second father. I mean, uh you know, players just really gravitate to him. And I could see why their recruiting has gone so well. Uh, you know, he, he knows all the coaches in the state. Um, you know, the, the guy, to me, he fits at Tech. Maybe this is going a little too far. I'm going to say like Spike, you know, uh, had the high school coaching in Texas background. 
you know, we'll see if he produces like Spike. But, uh, you know, as far as just kind of a natural fit, I, I think he might be the best uh, since Spike at, at Tech. And, Don, you referenced the, you know, the Raider power beginning. And, and you know, I, I do feel like maybe regionally, nationally, people might look at, at Joey and go, Oh, is this guy for real with all the let's go, you know, uh, I mean, that's his thing. Let's go. And I, I would say this to me, Joey is a lot like Scott drew. And, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is a lot of people would look at Scott drew from the outside and, and they would ask, is this guy for real? Is he, is he really this bubbly? Is he really this positive? Is he really this energetic? And John and I can tell you from spending a lot of time around Scott Drew, certainly John as the beat writer for Baylor men's basketball since the dawn of time, um, (laughs) can tell you that uh, Scott is just like that. And I think Joey is just like the personality that he puts out there. You know, he's a guy that likes to get people fired up and that, you know, he, he talks about, you know, attacking each day and each moment and all of that. And uh, as John said, I think that uh, that plays well with recruits. I mean, they, they want to play with a guy that, you know, is going to be fired up, but he also cares about them as people, too. You know, so it's not like he's just hollering and yelling all all day long, but uh, but certainly that is a big element of his personality. Yeah, you know, one of the things, and I'm not, the, I, I'm not the, certainly not the only one who has posed this question, and that uh, since uh, over the last 11 months now, and the question is, where, where does Joey get all this energy from? <laughs> because it seems to be nonstop and every day. Right. And, like, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's 51 years old. I'm in my 50s. Uh, I certainly cannot muster <laughs> that level of intensity and enthusiasm the way he does on a, on a daily basis. I'm just like, how do you do it, man? Yeah. Tell us the secret, Joey. Come on, man. Uh, We were out there in August, you know, uh, we, uh, in August, Texas Tech practices, uh, they would practice in the mornings. And so we would go out there and practice at uh, 9am or something or about 9am, something like that. There was one morning, Joey, you know, he, he walked over near me on the sidelines and he said, he said something complimentary to me. I don't remember exactly what, but I was, but I was like, I, you know, I, I'm not as good as you. I was like, and I said, I said, Joey, what time did you get up this morning, Joey? And I said, <laughs> I, I just set my alarm and rolled out of bed and threw on some shorts and tennis shoes and came out here. Uh, I set my alarm at eight o'clock. What time were you up here this morning? And he said, five. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, see, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, you got me about you got me about three hours. <laughs> Cut from a different cloth, those guys. Uh, well, Don mentioned the uh, obviously the the big night that's coming there in Lubbock with uh, honoring Patrick Mahomes and uh, inducting him into that uh, Texas Tech Ring of Honor. So, Don, you've covered this team a long time. Does Mahomes and you, and you sort of referenced this earlier with just how quick the game sold out. But does he kind of carry the same sway that among the younger generations of Red Raider fans that maybe guys like Donnie Anderson and, you know, Gabe Rivera and those kind of guys held 
for the previous generations? And and what do you expect this buzz to be like? Uh, to answer your question, uh, the first question emphatically, yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Patrick Mahomes uh, has carries the kind of uh, cachet and buzz and sway with the younger generation. With a with a younger generation of Texas Tech fans, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But even I think with uh, Tech fans my age mm-hmm. or older, uh, I mean, you're talking about uh, the most uh, arguably most famous football player on the planet mm-hmm. over the last five years, other than maybe Tom Brady. I mean, look at everything Patrick's done. I mean, Super Bowl MVP, NFL uh, uh, Player of the Year four Pro Bowls, and this is, what, his sixth season, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's just hit the ground. And You know, the thing to me is uh, Patrick was really good as a college football player, but I've said this a few times. He was immediately better in the NFL than he ever was at Tech, which is amazing to think of. And, of course, I think part of it, uh, part of it is he landed in just a perfect situation for him where, A, he was able to come in there and uh, sit behind Alex Smith for one year and, and just learn without having the pressure. And B, then once it was his job, he was uh, surrounded by so much skill position talent that it made it uh, so much easier for him to to really uh, excel and stand out. And then Patrick is also uh, uh, um, been beloved by Texas Tech fans because he is so outwardly supportive of Texas Tech still, even when he is, uh, you know, doing his own thing. And obviously he has a ton of demands on his time and responsibility and all that sort of stuff. Patrick's still very much a Texas Tech guy. Mm. And he lets you know it on social media. And, um, you know, he was back here for a game at United Supermarkets Arena last year. He was in Minneapolis at the Final Four when they made it uh, in 19 and very visible. Um, you know, and like I say, he's, uh, you know, he will tweet support for, uh, you know, for a game on, 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 on a Saturday, just, you know, what he watched and, you know, a them and, and, and those sorts of things. And, you know, you, you do that and people, uh, very much notice and appreciate it. Yeah, that's cool. And it is to me, it's really cool. I haven't looked at the chief schedule. Are they going to buy this week or? They are. Yeah. That's why they're. That's yeah. why they're able to get in here. Yeah, it's cool that you know, they could do this, you know, in season, obviously, right. you know. Uh, and and you mentioned it. I mean, he is sort of at the height of his powers right now in terms, you know, he's one of the biggest football players in the world, uh, right in the prime of his career. So, yeah, it should be a lot of fun, I would say, on, on Saturday, certainly for the uh, Texas Tech fans. Um, I would say this. Uh, if he got called into duty, uh, you know, let's say he still had some eligibility uh, for Tech, and they and Baylor pulled Robert Griffin the third out on the field, Tech's going <laughs> to have that advantage because you know Patrick's been playing, Robert's been up in the booth, you know. I mean, he's <laughs> he hasn't been on the field in a while. So uh, I, I tell you, Tim Garuder, the Texas Tech defense coordinator, probably would not want to see. RG3 out there quarterback because <laughs> quarterback you can run like he can. Yeah. Uh so because coordinator's not better. Right, right. Should be a lot of fun, don't you think, John? Yeah, I want to ask Don a, 
A very important question before we leave. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tech was at the Liberty Bowl last year. I'm pretty sure you made rendezvous, Charlie Virgo's rendezvous restaurant. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay, so really, uh, so me and Bryce's hashtag in the last few weeks has been rendezvous with destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Baylor has not been to the Liberty Bowl, and we're kind of being selfish. 80s, yeah. We're being selfish, and we're we're thinking of ourselves. And wanting some ribs. Well, that's that's interesting because Texas Tech had never been to the Liberty Bowl. That was the very first Liberty Bowl that Texas Tech had ever played in, and which we thought was kind of uh, – I didn't realize that about Baylor, but uh, – Well, actually, that, they were there in the 80s. Uh, okay, okay. A long, long okay. time ago. Pretty, I think Rendezvous was ready in business. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think I went to about three different barbecue locations uh, that that week. Yeah, it was a fun fun trip. I mean, the Liberty Bowl press boxes uh, uh, probably. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: Liberty Bowl press box is probably not as good as whatever your best high school press box is. Okay, so we're covering games set on Friday night. It's uh, very tight and cramped, and <laughs> and has not been updated. So, gotcha. uh, if you guys, whenever you guys do get to go there, um, not not a great press box setup. Mm, okay, but but a fun trip. I enjoyed it. That's we'll, a we'll be in a rib. We'll be in a rib eating haze by the time we get there. So, <laughs> you know, we probably won't even you know feel it or anything. So, Don, we will be loading up the party bus, uh, John's big old truck. Uh, it'll be John <laughs> and me. Uh, we'll have Rod Adelot, one of our photographers, and I think Chad Conine uh, coming as a fan, uh, as a tech fan. But uh, we shall see you out yeah. there. On Saturday, does Chad wear a uh, like one of those split caps with like a red, red and black double T on one half and a green and gold B? I'm sure he's got all kinds of tech attire. Uh, I know he's excited about the Mahomes deal, and um, yeah, by the time we get to love it, we might want to throw him out of the car, but <laughs> we'll that's, see that's yeah, a man. possibility yeah that's certainly a possibility don uh looking forward to seeing you this weekend thanks for hopping on with us man no problem i appreciate it always enjoy chatting with you guys and yep. have a have a safe trip out here on john's party bus all right we'll see you later thanks don